0: this does kind of help focus in on what we're doing today and so that's this is the service the th- this is the message of the Lord's Supper and what he has done for us and what that means to us so what I want you to think about this morning uh, as we do this is, is is this statement that God is interested in a relationship with you think about that God is interested in a relationship with you Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about that, it, it kind of uh, it blows my mind at times, well, most of the time, to be honest with you, that here is the creator of the universe, the one who spoke creation into existence, the one who is the most powerful and the, the most knowledgeable, the most influential, the one who is more important than anyone else or anything else in the whole wide world, God is interested in having a relationship with us just little old measly little humans right it just blows my mind to think that that's even possible of of that God would want to do that but he loves us God loves you and he desires to have a relationship with you and that's awesome as we think about that now um you know somebody can stand up here and 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 say all kinds of things and you you may even say you may say well how do you know this and why, why are you saying that? Well, one thing is that I've experienced it personally uh, as, as a just old, dirty, nasty, old, sinful human being to know that, that God chooses to love me. Uh, I've experienced that when I was a child, when I gave my life to Him, and when I was 19 years old until I really, it clicked, and I started to say, oh, He really wants me to try and live for Him. Uh, I've experienced that. Now lest you think I'm perfect, you know, <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But to know that even in all the mistakes and all the things that, that happen and all the ways that uh, good and bad, when when, you, when we hit the mark and we feel like, yeah, that's what God wanted us to do, and and when we don't and we feel like, you know, no, I wasn't too smart, was it? That, that God's love doesn't change for, for us, that he still loves us, and he still desires to have a relationship. God's end result, I believe, in in the things that happen is that he always wants us to be drawn back to him or closer to him. That, that's just the story of throughout the whole scripture of, of what's there. So I've experienced that personally. I know many of you have. Uh, but the other thing that's even more important than my own feelings or my own experiences is that it tells us in God's word that that's true. From cover to cover. If you read through that, you'll just see this thread of God's desire to be in a relationship with human beings. just all throughout the relationship. Now the scripture that we have is 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 God's word and it's uh, we have it kind of divided up in what we call Old Testament and New Testament, and the Old Testament those those first books in the part of the Bible that's listed New Testament the Gospels and, and those when Jesus was here. And just to look through that and realize that all throughout that God was constantly dealing with real people, these aren't just stories, fictional uh, fictitious people that were made up, and you know, some an author just decided to get together and write this neat story. This is this is the account of God, this same one that said I, that I said I wanted a relationship with you, wants a relationship with me, the Creator of the universe. This is his story of how he dealt with people and the relationship that he had with people, and you can go from the very beginning and look at how I can see and you can see. I believe if if you read uh, through the scriptures that God, there's this constant thread running through there of God desiring to have a relationship with people. Take, for instance, at the very beginning uh, in Genesis, the first book of the Bible, when we know, uh, or a lot of us know the story. Cliff's talked, mentioned it, referenced in some of the stuff that we've talked early on. Adam and Eve, the first people, created people in this world, and uh, they were told something not to do, and they ended up doing that very something. Sound familiar? Uh, you know, <laughs> humans are the same ever since way back then, right? But they they messed up. They went against God. They disobeyed him. And from the very beginning when that happened, instead of God saying, okay, you didn't listen to me, I hate you forever, boom, you know, I created you. From, from dust I created you, and boom, to dust you go, right? I'm going to take you out. You know, I'm going to start over. Uh, you know, I didn't do too good that first time. I better do. I better create a few more people. Maybe they'll do better god didn't do that he, he didn't he didn't kill them he didn't do any of that not that he was happy with what went on but from that very beginning god because they had messed up because they had disobeyed because they had sinned god himself made a covering for them in and in a symbolic way as well as physical way of animal skin to make a covering for their disobedience and for their sin and, and which meant that blood had to be shed and an animal had to be killed. Cliff mentioned this. If you haven't heard it, you can go back and look on the, on the podcast. But there had to be bloodshed. A sacrifice had to be made, and God himself made a covering for their sin. And he set in motion that day, and way before in his mind, I would assume, but he set in motion that day for us to be able to see this idea that a sacrifice has to be given in, able, uh, in order to take care of sin. And so from that very beginning, God did that because he wanted to stay in relationship with Adam and Eve. He wanted them to stay in relationship with him. And so he made that, he made that possible. We can look through the Old Testament, especially um, with all of the different people in, that we see. Again, real people, uh, real problems, real issues, real stories, everything in, in the Scripture. Just real people that God was dealing with. And you think about people like, like Noah or Moses or Abraham, or Isaac, or David, or Daniel that we talked a little bit about, or Ruth, or Naomi, and you just go down all through there and look at all of the people that are in the Scripture and how God's Word tells us of how He had a relationship with them. It wasn't just He was somehow a creator of the universe and now everybody's on their own. He wanted to have a relationship with him. And we can see that constantly throughout the Old Testament. And then uh, throughout the New Testament, when we get into the New Testament and we see how God continues to desire a relationship with us. And he showed that to us specifically by sending his son, Jesus Christ. And the Bible talks about that Jesus came. He came uh, of all the ways. Just think, you know, the most powerful, the, the most influential, the most knowledgeable person, God of, of all of the ways that God could have introduced Jesus into this world, he chose for Jesus to come as a lowly human being. Talk about getting a demotion, right? I mean, Jesus went from way up here to somewhere down below, <laughs> below right? But so of all of the ways that God could have chosen to introduce his son Jesus into this world for us to be able to see, God chose to introduce him as a human who could come and identify with us. And, and we know that the, the Bible talks about, and again, Cliff mentioned this, I believe, last week, that, that the Bible talks about God, that Jesus is Emmanuel, which means what? God with us, not apart from us, not, out, not outside of us, not somehow looking down, you know, to be evil upon us. That, that God chose for Jesus to come and dwell right here among us, as a human being, to identify with us. Uh, what a way to show his love and his desire uh, to identify with us and to want to be in relationship with us. Think of all the, all the relationships that Jesus had. If you read through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Bible. If you've not read any of that, just start reading in there somewhere. And if you have one of those wonderful Bibles that have the words of Jesus in red, you can kind of see what Jesus said Look at how Jesus dealt with people. He's constantly dealing with people. Constantly in relationship with people. And I think about the way he dealt with his own disciples. You know, constantly dealing with them, wanting to be in a relationship with them. Some of them doubted him. Some of them went against him. Some of them didn't understand what was going on. Jesus still just said, just wanted to be in a relationship with them. And think about the, the, the other people that Jesus dealt with. You can read stories of how that some of the people he healed and he dealt with the blind man and he helped people who were deaf and he helped people who were crippled and he, the stories that we talk about where he has interactions with some of the women and the adulterous and, and just all of those all of those people that Jesus dealt with real people real issues real everyday life things that all of us in some way or another I think we still experience God through Jesus, still wanted a relationship with those people, and you could see the things that happened in order for that to, uh, to become real. So really, you know, the scriptures that we have, it's all about a relationship. It's all about God wanting to have a relationship with us and what he did in order to make that happen. Uh, uh, even even all the way through to the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation, God gives us a sneak peek of what's going to happen when all of this is over and the end of the world happens and all that stuff happens, the Bible tells us that all those who believe in Jesus, one day we're all going to be gathered with God in heaven so that we can be with him. Even not just wanting to have a relationship right now, but God has set things in place that we can have an everlasting, eternal relationship with him. That's amazing, isn't it? He thought of us that much. I mean, it just this wasn't like an afterthought. I mean, you know, I give God credit. He really has this thing planned out, right? <laughs> Good thing I didn't have it in motion, right? I'd still be working on phase two probably, right? But, but God had all this together. He thought of us ahead of time. He, he thought of me. He thought of you. He knew all of the things that were a part of our life and a part of the human race, and God still chose to want to have a relationship with us. And ultimately... Showing us his love and his desire to have a relationship by sending Jesus to be able to pay that penalty of sin for us. Not just the animal that has to be sacrificed, but completing that sacrifice, that, that, that what he did with Adam and Eve, and he set that possibility in motion, he completed that possibility with Jesus. That Jesus could be the last sacrifice. There'd have to be more animals. He allowed his son Jesus to die for us to pay the penalty for our sin so that we could be in right relationship with him. The ultimate act of love. And so as we, we come this morning, we, we think about uh, this, the Lord's Supper. And we have bread and we have juice. And the bread represents the body of Jesus that was given for us. And the juice represents his blood that was shed for us on the cross. Uh, the script, we're not going to read the scripture this morning. But the scripture that tells us and Jesus says that th- this is my blood. This is the new covenant that I have made with you, basically I'm replacing all that old sacrifice stuff and now it's just me that, that you have to deal with and I'm paying that penalty for you so that you can have a relationship with God now and forever. And, and so we come this morning and that's, what, that's why we come. We come to celebrate that. We come to remember that and that ultimate act of Jesus uh, sacrificing for us. So think about this, the sacrifice that was set into motion by the covering of Adam and Eve's sin was completed with the sacrifice of jesus as i said it's just it just completed meaning finished meaning completely done never to have to be done again there's been some there's been some jobs around the house and things that i've done that that when i finished i've said i've completed and and then um i have to go back and do them over again like clean out the garage Have you ever done that how many times a year do you clean out your garage Uh, it's at least a quarterly thing for me or until I can't stand it anymore and everything just becomes a catch-all. Some of you actually use your garage to park your cars in, which is a really novel idea. Um, You know, I'd like to to try that sometime. But, uh, uh, you know, there are things that we do, and when we're done, we say, oh, yes, I've completed that, but then we end up having to go back and we do it again. Jesus completed that act of sacrifice, never to be done again. The book of Hebrews tells us that when, when Jesus sacri- sacrificed and he did all the things that we know that he, he did to take care of our sin, he, he sat down at the right hand of God. I, like That's just like, whew, it's over. Jesus said, it's finished on the cross. So it, it doesn't have to be done again. This act, what we remember today, he completed forever. So, so in thinking about that, God wants to have a relationship with us. There's just two scriptures that I want us to look at this morning, uh, not reading the typical ones that we may do, but I want you to think about two of them, and one of them is 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. God doesn't want us to be separated from, from him. So uh, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, and it says uh, this. You read this. Read this with me, everybody, if you would. Just read it out loud. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. How many? But that how many should reach repentance? All. Not some, not just a few, not just the very special ones, right? It says that that he wants all people to reach repentance. That that desire of God wanting a relationship with all people, he doesn't want you to be separated from him. Sometimes God is portrayed as this evil creator that enjoys separating people from himself. And that's not at all how it is in the scripture that I read. That it's a constant thread of his desire to stay in relationship with us, to have a relationship with us. And this scripture reinforces that. He doesn't wish to be separated from us. His desire is that everybody would, would come to him, that all people would come to repentance. So that's a good one to, to remember. And then there's the one uh, that we've referenced before, and you know it's John 3, uh, 17. John three sixteen. 16, uh, many know about God loved the world, and he gave his son that, that if we believe in him, that nobody would perish but John set three seventeen says read this one out loud with me as well for God did not send into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him so God sending Jesus was not a form of judgment so that we all could die Jesus coming was a way of God sending him in order that we all might be saved that is a that is a creator who desires relationship. If God, if God who is all-knowing, all-powerful, all of that kind of stuff, if God did not want to have a relationship with us, well, first of all, he just, he just wouldn't have ever created us. Second of all, he wouldn't give Adam and Eve a chance for things to be restored. Third, he wouldn't give us a chance for things to be restored. If God really wanted that to happen, do you know, do you know the, the one thing in the Old Testament that is assigned to me of God's true desire for us to have a relationship with him? It's back in Genesis, after Adam and Eve messed up, and God put angels and a guard around the tree of life. They ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and that was their sin. And because they were sinned, they were forever were forever No good if they had somehow tried to get a hold of the tree of life or whatever and to have life in that stage of sinfulness would have meant eternal death. Have you ever thought about that? But God said, you're not allowed there. I'm going to provide a way for that to happen, but I'm going I'm to make things right between me and you forever so that when you do live, you live eternally. You're not condemned eternally. So God desires a relationship with us. And so this is what we come to remember and to celebrate today, so what I want to do is just want to uh, explain just a little bit of what we're going to do because we we're going to do things just a little bit different. If you're accustomed to doing that with with us, first of all, uh, we believe in what's called open communion. Uh, that you know, you don't have to be a member of this church to participate uh, in this with with us. If you're a believer, this is awesome, and that we're all one family in God as believers, and so we hope that you will participate. And and then the other thing is that we talk about doing this in remembrance of Jesus, and this is for believers. It's for, as we partake of this, we remember, and today I want us to remember specifically this relationship that God desires to have with us and our relationship with him. And so if, you, if you're not a believer, it's not like we're all like, ooh, evil, shame on you. But here's, here's the idea. This is to do in remembrance of Jesus. And if you've never given your life to him, at best what you could do by participating in this is just remembering historical facts of what's been recorded. You don't have that personal relationship with him if you're not a believer. So for you, you can't remember what Jesus has allowed you to have in that relationship that you have with him because that hasn't been established yet. But I want to give you an opportunity for that to happen. Well, isn't that nice? And the Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that God will forgive us and we'll have everlasting life. That's a summary of that scripture. John three sixteen for God's so love the world, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And the way that happens, according to the Scripture, is that you just confess your sin to God. God, I know that things are not right with me. I've never really chosen to believe in you, but today I do that, and I want you to be a part of my life. You can pray that in so many different ways. I've heard people talk about saying, God, I just want to, if you're real, If you're real, I'm giving my life to you, and I want you to change me. I've heard people say that, as that was their prayer of salvation, their their confession to God. Um, So I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray in just a minute, and if you do that, I want you to let me know after the service. I'd love to know. I'll hang around here for a few minutes, and then you can find me in the atrium or find Clea for somebody and and let us know about that. But um, our guys are going to come up and serve these elements in just a moment, and Sherry's going to play for us. And we're going to pass out the bread. And if you'll hold that, and then they're coming right back, and they're going to pass out the juice. And if you'll hold that, so you'll be holding both of the elements, and wait, and we'll we'll partake of those together. And I'll give you a little bit more instruction when it comes time. When it comes time um, to do those, so I'm going to ask if our guys would, would come up. I'm going to going to have a prayer, and Sherry's going to play for us as this uh, starts to happen. And uh, throughout all of this, I, I want you to focus on as you're as the bread comes by, and you're taking a piece of that thinking about that these elements, they represent, they're symbol to us, they represent the body of Jesus that was given for us, and the juices, his blood that was shed as a covering and atonement for our sin. So uh, think about that in your relationship with God, and what that means, that God just loves us so much that, warts and all, his desire is to have a relationship with us. God, uh, today we, we come specifically uh, to focus and remembering how you desire a relationship with us, that, that you love us and that you want to be with us and that your desires that we don't stray and your desires that that you, we just stay right with you. And you've proven that to us by what you've done in action and what you've said in word. And so we pass these elements out today as a reminder as we remember who Jesus is and how what he has done has allowed us to have that relationship with you. So just help us to focus on that and to remember about our relationship with you and how much that means to us. In Jesus' name, amen. that we have represents the body of jesus and as we do this it's a symbol we remember our relationship with him today and i have a statement here that you're going to put up and i just want you to say this with me the bible talks about when jesus had broke the bread and he'd given thanks and i always like uh, to be able to give thanks as we as we do this so let's say this statement together as our thanks to god and then we'll we'll take the bread would you say this with me god Thank you for desiring a relationship with me. And then the juice we have represents uh, the blood of Jesus. As we talked about, the Bible talks about without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And that Jesus willingly gave his life. His blood was shed as that new covenant for us, that completed action to where no sacrifices ever need to be made again, that it's all through him and his way of showing that he desires to have a relationship. So uh, as we think about this, let's say this next statement together as, as a thank you. God, thank you for making it possible for me to have a relationship with you. And if you would pray with me, and then we will be dismissed. Please don't forget, if any of you have prayed to accept Christ, you have an interest in doing that, uh, let us know about that. And so, would you pray with me, and then we'll leave remembering and celebrating God's relationship with us. God, today, that's what we do. We just come and we pause for what really is a short period of time. It's not that we don't ever think about your relationship, and it's not that we don't ever remember it, but specifically we take this time out to do it today. We do it as individuals and collectively we do it as your church at Freedom Fellowship, a body of believers that choose to gather here together, and we are thankful that you love us. We are thankful that you want a relationship with us, and so I pray that you just give us strength to, uh, to be able to do that, to be able to know and trust in you, And uh, again, just thank you for wanting us. In Jesus' name, amen.